Thanks for taking some time to listen to this message on the Elevate Church podcast. We believe that God will speak to you wherever you are. Now, let's prepare our hearts and hear what God has for us today. Here, let's dive in to God's word today. We're in a series called Unseen. Unseen is talking about spiritual warfare. If you've been with us, we've been talking about, uh, we, last week we talked about the devil. He wasn't happy about that either. We talked about Satan, the names of the enemy. We, we identified him because we realized that there's nature in the name of who he is. We realize that uh, devil means something. We realize that Satan means something, that Lucifer means something, that Beelzebub, it means something. And the best part about it is that there's so much meaning in the name that we know how he wants to attack us. He wants to attack us with deception. He wants to attack us with these different desires that, that we don't really need or want, but he wants to attack us with those. He wants to attack us with disruption. He wants to attack us with slandering. We talked a lot about gossip last week. And so this is just a, a series that, that we're really just calling him out. And I know he's not happy about it. And, and so it's evident to see that as, as we learn who, who he is, as we learn uh, what he's attacking us, if we're in a war, it makes sense to know what your enemy's bringing at you, right? We, we can agree with that. But it also makes sense to know what's in our pocket, right? What are we fighting with? What's it, what, are we, what are we attacking back with? And so today we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what's in our armory. And here's what I would encourage you to do. I would encourage you uh, to take notes. If you've never taken notes in church, here's your first invitation to do so. If you kind of take notes in church, here's an invitation to do so. Because well, I'm going to cover a ton of scripture that I know you're going to want to go back and look at. But also, this is your weaponry. It's good to know what you're fighting with. It's good to wake up on Tuesday, feel like you've been attacked by the enemy, and be able to flip open a piece of paper and say, okay, this is what I got. This is what I'm fighting with today. And so that's what we're gonna, we're gonna talk about. We're gonna talk about how we can fight back against his schemes, against his deception, against the things that he tries to come at us with. Before we talk about exactly what we have, I wanna give you some warnings in the war. Last week, we talked about uh, who the enemy is and what he's bringing against us, and that's kind of like the playbook. But sometimes when you're, you're, if you're an athlete, maybe you know this, like you've got the playbook of the other team, you've got, you've got some tools that the other team's trying to use against you, but sometimes like the coach gives you that little one-liner, like a little, hey, you should kind of know this. You should kind of know this is what they're probably going to bring at you as well. And I want to give you two warnings that we really need to know before we start fighting. I want to give you two warnings that you, you really need to understand that you can be aware of because they're really going to help us. They're really going to help us. The very first one is this, is don't treat the enemy lightly. The warning of war is don't treat the enemy lightly. If you're an athlete, if you're, maybe you're a gamer or whatever you, you like to do, if you're really good at something, let's say you're a good soccer player, right? And you're playing against me in one-on-one soccer, which is a weird thing to do because one-on-one soccer is really not that fun. But if you're playing one-on-one soccer against me, you're probably going to take me lightly because I'm terrible at soccer. I've got a little bit of speed and that's about it, right? And so if you're going to take me lightly and what happens is I might surprise you with something. I might sneak up and next thing you know, I'm scoring a goal on you and you're like, what the heck? How'd you, how'd you even get by me? What happens is when we take the enemy lightly is we get surprised. If we don't take the enemy seriously enough with the things that we talk about, with the ways that he's going to attack us, we can be surprised. 
If we don't take him seriously, we're going to be left. I want to share with you a story in Acts chapter 19. We're going to be left like this group of Jews that was traveling. I'll share it with you here. Acts chapter 19, starting in in verse 13. It says, a group of Jews was traveling from town to town, casting out evil spirits. And they tried to use the name of the Lord Jesus in their incantations, saying, I command you in the name of Jesus who Paul preaches to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a leading priest, were doing this. But one time when they tried it, the evil spirit replied, I know Jesus and I know Paul, but who are you? Then the man with the evil spirit leaped on them, overpowered them, attacked them, and with such violence that they fled from the house naked and battered. I'm not saying that you might leave the house naked and battered. Uh, but I am saying that sometimes you wake up and you feel like you've just been in a fist fight. I, I know sometimes you go to bed and it feels like you've been in a fist fight because maybe you didn't take the enemy seriously enough. Sometimes you might not be physically naked, but what happens when you're physically naked? You feel vulnerable. You feel shameful. You feel like guilty of like, oh, you can see me and you try to cower away and it's exactly what the enemy wants to do. The enemy would love to have you have those feelings. And that happens when we get surprised and when we don't take the enemy seriously. If we don't take him, we can't take him lightly. Or else we're going to be left bad. We're going to be left beaten. And we're going to be left naked, attacked. And so this story is a great reminder of this warning that I want to warn every single one of us is to not take the enemy lightly. The second warning I want to give you this morning is this, is we don't flirt with the enemy. We don't flirt with the enemy. Here's what I mean by that. What is flirting? Flirting is, a, is a, a behaving as though you're attracted to or trying to attract someone to you. And that's with or without serious intention. Let me ask you this. Do you want that of the enemy? Do you want that of the person who wants your life so bad that they will do anything to get it? Do you want to, to flirt with the enemy? Let's put it this way. If you are, maybe if you're a single guy, single gal in the room, maybe you go out with some friends, you're going out to dinner, whatever it is, and there's a cute guy, cute gal, just, you know, over there, and you're like, oh, yeah, the next thing you know, you realize that there's some friendship. Uh, maybe somebody knows somebody, and so you start talking to them, and next thing you know, you're, you're talking to them, and it's kind of like you're flirting with them, and it's like, oh, yeah, no big deal. It's all good. I'm just, you know, like, it's all good. And then maybe a few weeks later, you go back out, and next thing you know, you see him again, and then you're talking, you're flirting, you're kind of just kind of toe in the line a little bit, if you will. I mean, what happens after you keep doing that? You kind of start to become immune to the fact that you're flirting with that other person. You, you kind of, actually even change it now as a society, and we say we're just friends. We can't flirt with the enemy. In Deuteronomy 18, it gives us some details about this. It says, for example, never sacrifice your son or daughter as a burnt offering, and do not let your people practice fortune-telling or sorcery or interpret omens or engage in witchcraft or cast spells or function as mediums or psychics or call forth spirits of the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord, and it is because the other nations have done these detestable things that the Lord your God will drive them out ahead of you. Trust me, this morning, I am not trying to be legalistic. I'm not trying to to be rigid. I'm not trying to tell you all these things that you can't do, but I am, am, am required to tell you how serious this actually is. I'm required to communicate in a clear way how serious it is that we cannot flirt with the enemy because the enemy will use absolutely anything against us. 
We don't want to give him any kind of foothold because he's going to keep taking it. He will keep taking more ground the more ground we give him. So we cannot flirt with the enemy. We can't mess around with weird seances. We can't go look at palm readers and tarot cards and all these different types of things. That's giving the enemy more ground than the enemy needs. He doesn't need any ground. Let's not give him any. Let's not flirt with him. Personally, I don't even look at horoscopes. I don't need a newspaper to tell me who I am. I've got God's word to tell me who I am. I don't need whatever that is in the the newspaper. No offense to the newspaper. It's great for other stuff, but it doesn't need to tell me my identity or some personality that I might have that day because that's just what it's feeling. I don't need to look at zodiac signs. I don't need to look at those types of things. I don't want to let anything else potentially infiltrate me. And I would even caution you to pay attention to what it is you're watching on TV, to what it is you're watching on Netflix. That scary movie is not just a scary movie. It's an opportunity to flirt with the enemy. And what kind of fear will you have from that movie or from that TV show that the enemy can use against you? I would just encourage you, do not flirt with the enemy. We can't take the enemy lightly. And we can't flirt with the enemy. And I know, hey, we kind of started off on a fun note. The lights were off. And now it's a little bit heavy. And no one's smiling at me in the room. So hopefully you're smiling at me in person. I'm pumped to be here. I promise. I really, I really am. But I need to let you know that this is a war. That there's a battle going on. There's a battle going on for your life. And I don't know if anyone's not ever told you this before, but I might be the first one to tell you today, and that's okay because it's early, but your life is valuable. Your life is valuable. You are loved. Your life is valuable. You need to know that, that there's a battle going on, and the, the, the value in the battle is for you. And the enemy wants to do anything he possibly can to take it. But God has done so much already to give you new life and to give you a new life with him. And that's what we're fighting for. That's what it is. The beauty is, is when we get tempted, when we get tempted by the enemy, when he's tempting us with stuff and you know, we, we've all faced that. Maybe even some of you faced that this morning or last night, whatever it may have been. I would submit to you that a temptation is not a roadblock for you. It's, it's not even an obstacle. I would submit to you that a temptation is actually a fork in the road. It's a fork in the road for you to choose. Do I click that link? Do I watch that video? Do I go into debt because it seems like it could be a good opportunity? Do I go and and do that for my house? Do I go, whatever it may be? Or, Or it's an opportunity to turn towards God. It's an opportunity to turn away from the temptation and towards God. I would submit to you it's a fork in the road and not, not an obstacle in the road. The reality is we can use the temptations that are against us as actually another attack on the enemy. The best way to fight the, fight the person against you is to take their weapon and use it against them. And so when you are tempted to click that link or you are tempted to drink that drink or, or whatever it may be, I would encourage you at that moment to not turn towards that temptation, but actually turn, turn towards God and let him into that temptation. Because more than likely, the area that you are tempted in is an area that you are leaving exposed. It's an area that you haven't invited God into your life in. And so I would encourage you to take that temptation and fight back. Fight back by letting God into into there. And the reality is, if you're a follower of Christ, if you've given your life to Christ, we are not fighting for a victory. We are fighting from a place of victory. And there's a huge difference. There's a huge difference when you're fighting for something or you're fighting from something. We already know we won. 
We already know we have it. And so what are we fighting with? What are we, what are we using? Now we got these warnings. We know we can use some stuff against the enemy, but, but what are we actually fighting with? I want to give you a handful of these this morning. And again, I would encourage you to take notes. The, the title of this message is called Weapons of War is weapons of war. I want to give you a handful of these weapons of war that you can fight with. The very first one is that you are not alone. Now, I do want to give you a disclaimer, is that I was working this week on this message and trying to prepare what God was speaking to me and revealing to me through his word to bring to you. And and usually I like to make it real pretty and clean, like here's five C's of the weapons of war, or here's this of, of that, right? But I just couldn't do it. I believe the Holy Spirit was just reminding me that war is not pretty. War is messy. So just say it how it is. And so the first one that you need to know is you are not alone in the war. And that doesn't sound like a weapon, but there's actually a really great story in the Bible I want to share with you. It's found in 2 Kings uh, chapter 6, starting in verse 15. It tells a story of when Israel was at war against the king of Aram. And there was a servant who was in dialogue with the prophet known as Elisha, who was a man of God. We find this starting in verse 15 of 2 Kings chapter 6. It says, when the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. Don't be afraid, Elisha told him, for there are more on our side than theirs. And in verse 17 says, Then Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes, and he looked up, and he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. Look at this story. This guy's going nuts. He's like, look at all these people. He wakes up, he's like, look at what's against us. All I can see are people attacking me. All I can see are the stuff that's right in front of me. I can't even, sometimes we get so focused on exactly what's in front of us that we forget that we're not alone. What happened in the story is Elijah realizing, he, he, he took a moment and he realized that this man can't see what, what was around him. And so he prays this prayer for him to open his eyes And what does he find? He finds that he's surrounded, but he's actually surrounded by warriors. The chariots were filled with fire, that God's people were surrounding him, that everything against him, what he saw originally, was still there, but he was also, he had some backup. We got a weapon in war, and the fact is that we are not alone. We are not alone in this war, and that's a weapon because God is sending his angels to fight for us. He's sending his angels to fight with us. We need to remember that there's more than our eyes can see. We need to remember that there, we are not alone. Another weapon that we have is to commit to prayer. I would encourage you in the war to commit to prayer. You need to recognize that your prayers, first off, are far more powerful than you think. I mean, Elisha prays for this guy's eyes to be open, not just to be open physically, but to be open spiritually, to be able to see the spiritual things that were going on as well. He gave him a glimpse of the spiritual world. But there's also another story. It's found in Daniel, Daniel chapter 10. Daniel was praying and apparently nothing was going on. What Daniel was praying for wasn't happening. Does that sound like anybody? I know it sounds like me. That I pray and I don't see things moving. I don't see things happening. And it's an interesting story. It says, one day a messenger, an angel came to deliver this message to him. It's found in Daniel chapter 10, starting in verse 10 or 12. It says, don't be afraid, Daniel. This is the angel speaking. 
Since the first day you began to pray for understanding and you humbled yourself before God, your request has been heard in heaven. Check that out. He's been praying. He's been praying. It doesn't really make any sense. But on the first day, the first day that he prayed, the first day that he humbled himself and he asked God for, for what it was, what happened, God started moving. He started acting. He started doing something. He started, he heard what was going on. He started working in the spiritual world. And even though Daniel had no idea, the, the angel, as he's going on in scripture, you can see this in the following verses, but I'll just give you a quick note. Daniel's praying and as soon as he prays, God hears him and God, God starts moving. And the angel did battle against the spiritual world, the spiritual enemies for 21 days. 21 days. They were fighting off the forces of darkness in order to get to Daniel to tell him that his prayer was answered. 21 days. As soon as you start praying and humble yourself, God's hearing you and God is working. There's a real battle going on. Even though it appears maybe that, that nothing's happening, even though it appears for, for Daniel in the story that, that it wasn't making sense, God was still up to something. I don't know about you, but sometimes I pray and it appears that God's not answering, he's not listening. Sometimes I'm like, you there? It's you and me time, come on, what's up? Are you, what's up God? Can you even hear me? Are you even understanding? I don't know if I'm alone in this, but that's how I, I feel sometimes when I'm, when I'm praying. And there's three words I want to give you this morning that these three words is kind of a sub point to the, to the weapon that you have in committing to prayer. These three words have encouraged me in my prayers. They've strengthened me in my prayers. They've, they've allowed me to trust God in a new level. These three words, you ready for them? But the Lord. But the Lord. Those three words have encouraged me more than, than anything else anyone else has ever said to me. But the Lord. It doesn't make sense, and I'm confused. But the Lord is still good. He's still here. He's still merciful. But the Lord. We actually see this in Habakkuk 2.20. He's praying, and he's like, I'm not really even sure I like the messages, God, that you want me to, to deliver to the people, and I'm not really sure what's going on, but, but, but the Lord. Lord. He's in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. But the Lord, he's still in charge. But the Lord is still gracious, even though I'm confused, even though I'm upset, even though I'm angry, even though I've been praying this prayer for months, for years, even though, but the Lord is still good, he's still merciful, he's still faithful, and he is still here, and he hears you. And he's working all things out for the good of those who are called according to his purpose. He is working things, but the Lord. The world, right? It's upside down right now in a lot of ways. I think it's been turned upside down a couple times. But the Lord is still here. The Lord is still good. The Lord is still merciful. And what we can learn from this is that just because we don't see movement in the things that we're praying for, and I know sometimes committing to prayer can be really difficult when we keep pressing in and we keep going and nothing's happening, but just because we don't see movement does not mean God's not moving. Just because we don't see things happening in us physically, there's so much more going on that we can't even see, we can't even imagine. It looks like we're surrounded. 
It looks like everything's against us, but there's so many, so much more fighting for us than there are fighting against us. When we commit to prayer, we realize that our prayers are far more powerful than we could ever imagine. And we fight as well, knowing this, this is the third one I want to give you, is we fight with the authority of Jesus. We fight under the authority of Jesus. And there's a big difference between fighting with the power of Jesus and fighting with the authority of Jesus. In fact, uh, I want to show you this scripture in Matthew 10. Jesus, he, he calls his 12 disciples together and he gave them what? Authority. He didn't give them power, he gave them authority to cast out evil spirits and heal every kind of disease. He didn't give him his power, he gave them the authority of the power in his name. There's a difference. What does this look like? It doesn't just look like praying a prayer and just tagging on in the name of Jesus. Can that work? Sure. Uh, yeah, sure, it can work. If, if we're under the authority of Jesus. I'm not saying that you just tag it on there and yep, we're good to go. No, because you might be praying for something in the name of Jesus that God wants there to test your faith, that God wants there for you to use and rely on him even more. So it would be a pain to rebuke something or refute something that God put there on purpose. We have to realize that we are under authority. Let me put it this way. Uh, it's end of October, beginning November next week, if you can believe that, which means uh, if you're joining us online, you're never, you've never been to Erie, there's a road called Peach Street. Every single one of us probably drove on it this morning in some capacity. Well, it just gets busy, really busy, right? This morning wasn't too bad. Last night, very bad. Did not like that, okay? Could you imagine, right? Me, all black, that's probably not maybe good to go out and do this, but if I went out there and I was just like trying to stop some traffic, right? And I'm out there and I'm like trying to, no, you, no, no, what's going to happen? I'm going to stop a few. I'll probably get some people to stop. You know, the, the people that go to Elevate will probably stop, right? <laughs> We're like, that's Pastor Will, what is he doing? Like, he's putting his hands up for some reason. I don't know. But I would probably get a few people to stop. But I would probably get a whole bunch of more single finger waves. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I did this, just so you know on camera. It wouldn't be nice. I would get some things yelled back at me. People would probably try to run me over, right? We would see the other side of people. You know what I'm talking about? But if maybe I was uh, part of the traffic police, right? And I had my uniform on and I had my hat, I had my wand, I had my whistle. Maybe I had a badge on, I don't know, right? And I'm out there, what's gonna happen? Oh, they gonna stop. Why? Because they recognize that I'm under the authority of a higher power. They recognize I'm under the authority of the government. When we fight, we have the authority of a higher power. It's not just little old Will fighting a battle. It's not just you fighting a battle. It's the authority in the name of Jesus that's fighting the battle. So we can use that for our advantage. It's a weapon that we have in war. We don't fight by ourselves. We don't fight by our own power because the reality is we can't do it. If we could do it on ourselves, we wouldn't need Jesus. And I don't know about you, but my story before, before I met Jesus was I tried to do it on my own. It didn't work. You might be tuning in today or joining us in the room and that's what you've been trying to do and you realize it doesn't work. Our power is not strong enough to fight against the things that are happening in this world. The bottom line is, though, is that we're under attack. The bottom line is that we're in a war. And the bottom line is, is that the enemy wants you. 
He wants you. He wants your family. He wants your finances. He wants your kids. He wants your your future kids. He wants every single thing. He wants the relationship that you have with Jesus. He would stop at nothing to take that away from you. He would stop at nothing to block you from being able to tune in online. He would stop at nothing to block you from, from coming here and to being around in a small group. He would stop at nothing. But we've got weapons. We're surrounded, but we got weapons. We're surrounded, but our prayers are, are, are more powerful. We're surrounded by, by, by the enemy that's facing us, but we can realize we can fight with the authority of Jesus. And here's the fourth one I want to give you. Again, this is not clean, but it is what it is. Is we have a weapon that we can fight like Christ. We have an opportunity to fight like Christ. What does that mean? We look at how Jesus battled Satan, right? That seems to make sense. If we're going to fight Satan, we should probably look and see how Jesus fights Satan. We see this in Matthew 4. I'm not going to put it up on the screens or anything, but you can write this down and take a look at it in Matthew 4. Satan tempts Jesus. This is after 40 days of fasting, okay? If you've ever fasted, I've never done it for 40 days. That's a long time. Jesus is Jesus, right? Like, I maybe don't recommend you doing that, but you do you. But Jesus is, is fast, fasted for 40 days, and Satan comes up to him saying, like, hey, hey, you hungry? You need some Twinkies? You want a couple donuts? What you need, Jesus? Here's what I think you should do, Jesus. You should take these rocks and turn those rocks into bread. So he's, he's going after Jesus, and what does Jesus say? He says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Satan comes back again. Because how many know, if you get attacked once, you're gonna get attacked again. It's not just like a one-time thing. You're gonna get continuously be attacked. And he's like, hey, why don't you, Jesus, okay, you don't wanna eat some bread from the rocks? Okay, cool. Why don't you just throw yourself off the cliff? Why don't you jump off and why don't you just see if the angels will come and get you? And what does Jesus respond back with? He says, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to test Ever. So what is he doing here? Are you guys picking up on this? He, he's reading, he's, he's saying, it is written. He's using the word of God against the enemy. And what happens again, we see in the story, is he gets attacked again. Satan comes back because he doesn't give up easily. He wants nothing more than to attack you. He wants nothing more than to, to take you. And so he comes back and he's like, Jesus, Jesus, okay. You don't want the bread from the rocks? Cool. You don't want to jump off the cliff and let the angels pick you up in a a stork basket or something? Cool. Why don't you just bow down and worship me? Why don't you just bow down and worship me? And what does Jesus say? He says, again, it is written. It is written. You shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Get away from me, Satan. And what does Satan do? He flees. Ephesians 6 tells us that the word of God is the sword of the spirit, meaning the Bible, which is the written and true inspired word of God, is the sword of the spirit. Now, let me just stop here. If you are in the room and you do not have a Bible, don't feel shame, don't feel weird, but I want to encourage you, when you leave today, we have a free gift for you. It's called the Bible. You just stop at the hub and say, hey, I don't have a Bible. Can I have one? And boom, we'll give you one. You need to have the sword of the spirit. If you're gonna fight like Christ, how did he fight? He fought with the written word of God. It's a powerful tool. And maybe some of you have a Bible, but if you're honest, maybe you haven't opened it up. It's collecting some dust on the top. 
But you have it in the spot where you know you'd look at it. But maybe now you covered it up with something else. Maybe some bills. Maybe you covered it up with some other stuff. You threw it in a bag. There's nothing more powerful than the sword of the Spirit. If you're joining us online, you don't have a Bible. I want you to message us on Facebook. Send us a message on Instagram. Email me, will at elevatechurch.com, and we will get you a Bible in your hands. Because you need one. You need the sword of the Spirit. And I know that this right here can be very intimidating. But there's nothing more powerful than this. But actually, I, I take that back. There is something more powerful than this. You want to see what's more powerful than this? This. It's a Bible that's open. It's a Bible that you're reading. It's a Bible that's reading you as you're reading it. It's a Bible that you can use and you can understand what the word of God is. So that way when the enemy attacks, you can fight like Christ and say, no, 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 no. That's not right. It is written here. No, 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 that's not right. It is, it is written. It's a Bible that you can use. Now, here's what I would encourage you to do. I would encourage you to put notes in it. I've got a green paper, right? I've got a dollar bill in here. I've got some other stuff. I would encourage you to, to mark it up all you want. Just don't take anything out of it. Don't rip a page off because you didn't like it. Don't rip a, a little corner of like, nah, everything else is good except for that one. No, it's all good in here. Keep it in here. But highlight it, make it your own, circle it, take notes, use it. And maybe you're a little bit overwhelmed when you look at this, you're like, where do I even begin? I've never read the Bible or I have a Bible, but I've never read it because I don't even know what to do with it. So here's what I would encourage you to do. Here's the, the Will Law Bible reading plan. You ready? Okay, maybe you want to write this down. This is probably really smart. Okay, the very first book of the Bible is called Genesis, right? So you just flip a couple pages open and you go to Genesis. I would encourage you to read Genesis chapters one, two, and three, okay? Just a few pages. It's not like I even, I'm really far. I'm 13 pages in and I've already gone too far, okay? So not very much, okay? Read one, two, and three. Why is that important? Because that talks about creation. That talks about the value that you have that God has put inside of you as he created you. But you also see the very first time the enemy attacked, you also see how the enemy attacked by using deception. And you also see what happens when that happens. But you also get the fact that there was a redemption plan that was put in place. You'll find that in 3.15, Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. So read those three. They're very important. Read those. Read those three chapters, Genesis 1, 2, and 3. And then I would encourage you to, to jump ahead to the Gospel of John. Read the Gospel of John all the way through the rest of the book, right? So it's like... Oh, wow, I opened up to John. That's incredible. That's this. So you're reading like four pages and then this, okay? This is the rest of the Bible. I would encourage you to read all that. Now, when you're done with that, you need to go back and read the other stuff, but that's your starting point, is to read Genesis 1, 2, and 3, and then the Gospel of John all the way through the book of Revelation. That's gonna get you an understanding. It's gonna give you an opportunity to be able to fight like Christ by looking at the written word of God, by using it against the enemy who's trying to attack you and fight you and do all these types of things that you can use this against him. We're in an unseen battle. It's unseen, but it's not insignificant. We, we can discern the enemy and we can use weapons against him. How do we fight? We fight knowing that we're not alone. We know we're surrounded, but we're also surrounded by God's people. We know that our prayers are more powerful than we could ever ask, think, or imagine. We know that there's more strength as we commit ourselves to prayer. We fight, not with our own power, not with our own strength, but we fight with the authority of the name of Jesus. And we fight like Christ by, by using the Bible, by, by using this and fighting back with what the enemy is trying to fight us with. We fight back with him. We know we're not alone. And I want to give you this last verse. It's James chapter four. 
this is kind of the encompassing verse for today. James chapter four, starting in verse seven, says, submit yourselves then to God. And right there I can pause, and some of you know that you've not done that. You have not submitted yourself to God. What does submission look like? It doesn't, submission and surrender are different, okay? Surrender is like you're surrendering because you kind of feel like you have to. Submission is a willful surrender to God. It's saying, God, do what you want to do. It's your battle in the first place. You fight. But I'm here, I'm submitting to you. I'm submitting to your plan. I'm submitting to what you would do. But what does this, this verse tell us us? In, in verse seven, he says, submit yourselves into God. And then what? Resist. Resist the devil. Resist the devil. And what's gonna happen after that? He's gonna flee from you. We submit ourselves willfully to God. We resist the devil. It's gonna take work. But he will flee from you. He fleed from Jesus that he's like, hey, this, it is written, get away from me. And what happened? He got away. He left. But he keeps coming back. So we have to continuously be in submission to God. We have to continuously do this. Here's what that looks like. It looks like realizing that we're not alone. It looks like committing yourself to prayer. It looks like reading the word and understanding the authority that you have. It looks like, like diving into what God has already communicated. I think many times I've prayed for prayers that if I would have just read his word first, it's like, that was the, you already told me that. I didn't need to pray it. You've already communicated it to me. We fight back by using his word. You begin to worship him. And that doesn't just mean like because a song's on on a Sunday. That doesn't just mean because you're in your radio, you're on your car and the radio's on and a song comes on that you like. You can worship God without music. Worshiping God is, is giving him complete admiration. It's honoring him. It's putting him in the, the rightful place in yourself by, by putting your, him as a, the top priority of your life. You're worshiping him in that way. It's submitting to God. We submit the God, to God. We resist the devil and he will flee. So we submit to God. You can't touch my family, get away. You can't touch my finances, get away. Yeah, I know you're gonna come back, but get away. You can't touch my house, get away. You can't touch my children, get away. You can't touch here, you can't stay here. It's time for you to leave. And what will he do? He will leave. It's a weapon that we have to fight back. We can't take him lightly. We, we, we have to take him seriously. We can't flirt with him, though. We can't toe the line anymore. We have to use what he's fighting at us and, and use it back to fight him. Use the word of God. And the Bible tells us as we draw near to him, he will draw near to us. So why don't we do that this morning? Why don't we bow our heads and pray? This is a moment of maybe submission to you, maybe for the first time, maybe for the first time in a long time that you've really sat here and you've just soaked up the presence of God. You realize that you're in a battle. You realize that you're in a fight. 2020 has been a crazy year. But there's so much more that's happening around us than we could even see. There's a spiritual war that's going on. And so let's just sit here and just be submitted to God, saying, God, let your will be done in my life. Not my will, let your will be done. Let's draw near to God. And he will draw near to us. Let's pray. God, thank you. 
God, for what you're doing. God, thank you that the battle has already been won. God, we thank you that as followers of your son, Jesus, God, that we are not fighting for victory. God, we are fighting from victory. God, we thank you that even though everything looks like it's up against us, everything looks like we're, we're being attacked and we're confused, we're exhausted even, but the, but the Lord, you are so good. You are so faithful. You're so merciful. God, we know you're fighting battles that we don't even know that we're in. You're healing us of things that we don't even know that we need healed from. God, you are providing in ways that we don't even know that we even need the providing yet. God, thank you. We come before you, God, grateful, knowing that as we pray to you, you are moving. As we're humbling ourselves, we're submitting ourselves to you this morning, God, you are moving. You're fighting battles to tell us that our prayers are answered. You're, you're fighting battles to tell us that we're not alone. God, would you do battle? Would you battle on behalf of your children this morning? Would you battle on behalf of your children? God, we're asking you to move. We thank you, God. Still in this moment of prayer, I know there are some of you that this whole submitting to God and realizing even who Jesus was to you is, is foreign to you. But you realize right now, maybe you're joining us online or you're in the room, you, you kind of feel a little bit of a, a pull. You feel that God is drawing you closer, but you, you're also feeling that, that fork in the road, the, the temptation to say that what you're feeling is not real, the temptation to say that, that it's just a, a crutch, that, that, that you don't need that. And that's because there's a, a battle going on for your life. And it's the enemy trying to tell you that it's not worth it. And it's God saying, come close to me. What's God's story? God's story is that he loved you so much that he sent his son, Jesus. He sent his son, Jesus, to, to live a perfect and sinless life. To teach us in the way that we should go. And he was beaten, he was crucified, up on a cross for you. He was buried, he was resurrected to give new life and that's what he wants for you. He's sitting at the right hand throne of the Father right now and he's praying for you. He wants you. And so you have a choice this morning to make. Do you wanna to go towards God or go, to, go towards temptation? If that's you this morning and you wanna enter into this right relationship, you said, you know what, I'm done. I'm gonna submit myself to God. I'm gonna resist the enemy in this moment and he will flee. If that's you, I wanna pray for you right now. I wanna give you some language that you can pray, that you can pray to, to enter into this relationship. Whether you're joining us online or in person, you can pray something as simple as this. But here's what we know. God hears you. God knows you. And he understands you. So you can pray something as simple as this. Say, Jesus, today, I surrender my life to you. I believe that you sent your son Jesus to die for me. That Jesus, you, you were dead. You hung up on a cross. You paid for my sins. But you were resurrected to give me new life. Today, Jesus, I confess you as Lord and Savior I repent of my sins. Maybe you want to tell him that again, that today, Jesus, I confess you as Lord and Savior. 
I'm submitting to you, God. The enemy, you have to flee. You have no place here. Jesus, I give you my life. And it's in the name of you, Jesus, that I pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for checking out this week's message on the Elevate Church podcast. And we hope you really enjoyed it. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. Welcome to the family. We would love to know about it. So please let us know by going to elevatechurch.com slash yes. There'll be some practical resources that will help you as you start this journey. If you want to support the mission and vision of Elevate Church to help people far from God reach their full potential in Christ, go to elevatechurch.com slash give. We'll see you soon. Have a great week.